Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson, Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center and the upcoming Essential Vets website, which is coming soon. We have a Facebook group, the Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson group. We'd love to have you join us. There's some pet advice on there. And um, the nice thing about this group is that there are a lot of people who are already within our holistic program and the specific things that we do. Since they've been through it, they can also help you out as well if you're new to us. So um, we have a very special um, testing service that we do at Riverside. Um, we've done, I don't know, how many tens of thousands of them have you done? Yeah, in the well over 10,000. Yeah. Sure now. yeah. Well, that was, I think 10,000 was maybe in your first year that you did it. Yeah, we did a lot of them. Yeah, that was like eight years ago. So our testing service is kind of an interesting one because our son um i had some surgery done out of state so i had to stay away for you know a few weeks and dad was in charge well at that time he's managing a clinic um we have two kids they're kind of young in elementary school and he uh you know would take them out for dinner and it would be like spaghetti pizza you know not the stuff that mom feeds them right (laughs) so it turns out that this was actually a fortuitous time for all of us because um, when I came back and I got better, um, our, our boy started acting up and we're like, what is going on with this kid? He's such a good boy. How can this be? Well, it turns out that he uh, started getting trouble at school. He started um, getting in fights. He was, he just changed. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I know he missed me, but what happened here? And so we, you know, had somebody come in at that time and they said, this boy said, you know, this, this chiropractor is running this test and he fixed me. I was just like all googly before and he made everything better. So because he did, um, we discovered this test. So like I called him, there was a six month waiting list and I had to beg, can I please get my boy in there? So we did. Um, he was able to finally accommodate us when there was, you know, scheduling, somebody canceled. And um, it turns out that George was allergic to wheat and red and yellow dye. But these are more like sensitivities to them, mm. um, not specific like allergies where you think, you, you know, your throat closes up or something like that. So there's a difference between allergies and sensitivities, right? Yes, sensitivities are really what the potential toxin is doing to interrupt the electrical conductivity of the body where an allergy is like um, being encoded with the disease and it's circulating in the lymphatic system. So it can still affect the nervous system, but not in the same way that a sensitivity can. Sensitivities are really checking the electrical conductivity of the meridians, which Mm -hmm. in acupuncture, uh, we're looking at different organ systems and how energy flows, so nerve flow, blood flow, um, how nutrition moves, uh, how the body gets nutrients, things like that. So 
if that's interrupted, it's like an electrical circuit. It's not going to work quite right. And so that can affect the, the shen or behavior of the patient and also um, can affect different organ systems in different ways. Okay. So um, what happened was um, we took him off of wheat. And trust me, in a fourth grade, that's a little hard for a boy. <laughs> so he was pretty right. mad about it. The wheat, the red and yellow dye, we really had to start reading everything, deciding you know, what is he going to have? What is he not going to have? So a week later, totally different person. So I think three days after that, we bought the machine and, and have been running those yeah. tests ever since. That's the good so, news. I mean, with the machine, it, we were able to not only, you know, you withdraw from the food uh, that's causing the allergen, but at the same time, your body corrects itself. So he can eat wheat now, and it doesn't cause the same effect because his body restored itself and it could handle the different foodstuffs. So that's the most important thing. Uh, Probably not SOT. totally the same effect, yeah. but I still can see it sometimes. Yeah. And I'll right. be like, you need too much wheat. But the one thing I would say about it is, is, you know, wheat acts on your central nervous system. So that's one of the issues with it. And I think just getting rid of that out of his diet was also extremely helpful, mm -hmm. but who knew? I mean, I didn't yeah. know that. And, you know, I, I asked the guy at the time, like, is this an allergy or I don't really understand. Yeah. I don't understand because he's not like itching. He's not all broken out. And you think an allergy is just going to be like something like that or something that's detrimental to you. Right. But in this case, it wasn't with him. So um, anyway, that's kind of how we got onto our custom holistic testing program, which is going to be available nationally through Essential Vet. Um, you can get it now if you want it um, uh, through our RiversideAnimalClinic.net website. Just email us, let us know what's up, and we'll help you out. Mm -hmm. um, we had a really, really good case this week that came back, um, and we have them all the time, so there are plenty of fantastic cases. But this one was very interesting. So it was a dog that came in. It was given two weeks to live, so guess who they call? <laughs> so they call us, um, Hey, I want to try something. I want to do something, you know, and a lot of people don't want to do something really invasive like chemo or, you know, something really heavy duty because they don't want to put their animal through that or it's expensive or it's a combination of both. It's just not right for them. And um, so these people came over and they saw you. So can you take it from there? Yeah. The, the pet was an Irish water spaniel. And it had uh, been to the specialist to de de determine what this mass on the head was. It was on uh, actually on the right side. How big was it? And it was probably the size of a, a small baseball sitting there. Wow. Uh, it, was, it, it was, you know, halfway buried as well. So you could tell that there was obviously something wrong. So... What they told me is that most likely was a squamous cell carcinoma, which is a very aggressive tumor, uh, especially on the head when it gets into the mouth or the brain or the, the skull. Or mm -hmm. It's yeah. basically osteo is bone and sarcoma is a malignant bone tumor. Yeah. No. So we expected the worst, but the, and, and the owners admitted that they were initially a bit skeptical uh, about holistic care, but felt they had no other choice. So... Uh, they came in to see us. And what I told them is that, first of all, we have to determine what the root cause of the sarcoma is because the body produced it, could it unravel and unproduce it? And so they were in agreement. 
And so we decided to do a package of SRT analyses. So what we do is every two weeks, we do an additional test and they become more and more sensitive up to seven analyses to determine what the root was. So as we were going through this, which is quite remarkable, and not all, every case is the same, obviously, because we're doing individual medicine, but the tumor actually started to regress. So uh, it's been about six weeks and roughly about three tests have been run and that the tumor is about half the size. And so what the, uh, the veterinarian, the original veterinarian uh, that they had went to, uh, they went back and, and spoke with them uh, and they were in awe of the situation because they expected the worst and, and sort of the owners. But now the, uh, the pet is, is more, he was more standoffish. He used to be the alpha dog. He used to go outside first. He used to be very playful with the rest of the group. And with the tumor there, he wasn't. But now, as the last report, he is going outside first. He's very playful, wagging his tail, great appetite, um, and seems to be doing much better. So the prognosis becomes improved, where a grave prognosis, you know, less than two weeks or even uh, a very short period of time to live, which most osteosarcomas are given, mm -hmm. the very fast-growing tumors, is now we have an outlook that's much more favorable. And that's been the average with SRT is that we can usually go out at least three times what the prognosis is because we're looking for the root cause and help the body to help itself too, not just with medication, not the chemo strong or, or uh, the other traditional modalities, is that at the same time, the body has to try to repair itself too. We don't wanna just try to suppress the tumor because it's a natural part of the body now. Can we help the body to live with it first? And then over time, maybe regress the tumor. I call it the Uncle Eddie effect. Uncle Eddie um, is uh, the, uh, the character in uh, Christmas Vacation who suddenly comes over to visit. Um, he is uh, somewhat offensive. Uh, the, uh, the family doesn't, they, they understand Eddie, but don't really enjoy having Eddie <laughs> stick around. So. But over time, they tolerate Eddie, and if they could eventually encourage Eddie to find a job and go somewhere else, that would be very good. So that's my analogy with tumors is that let's try to help the body live with it first and then eventually make it go away. Interesting. So this dog is actually kind of using his own body to heal. He's using his own body to heal. We're not – we're giving the body supplementation, but it's really a guide. What to, so what supplements are you doing? Well um, – we have been using Wei Chi Booster. Um, we've been using um, our, the uh, diet that's um, natural, uh, so no grains in the diet. We've been using a homemade fresh food diet um, and also helping to, um, we've been using the matrix supplements like turkey tail mushroom, uh, also the mm -hmm. immune balance uh, as well. And so um, we've been using a number of dietary things to assist uh, in, in addition to SRT, but SRT is the primary thing you know, okay. that we've used in this patient. All right, so custom holistic testing. And then we also do a drop with that. Okay, so the drops are, you know, just a bottle of organic, like in most cases, organic hemp oil. And then we custom infuse that to the energies that, that are not up to par. So the energy deficits are infused into this bottle. So it's homeopathy and homeopathy can get really hard to explain to people. So could you just like, I know it's hard, but in just a nutshell, explain how 
this homeopathic drop is custom made for that animal? Well, we're, we're working with uh, quantum analysis. So um, in quantum physics is basically we're working with what we can't see. So we have to take something physical from the patient, analyze it. So now it becomes electrical data in the computer. But we have to be able to put that data back into the patient. Um, and so you have to use something solid again. Now we can't put it in the hair and put it back on the dog because it's already been used up. Mm -hmm. So you can use anything like any supplementation. We use hemp oil uh, because it's a standalone therapy uh, and we, it infuses very easily and, and even cats like it. So it's not, and we can use small amounts of drops. So three drops for a cat isn't very much, five drops for a dog isn't very much. And so compliance is very good, uh, very easy to administer. So what happens is we take the test plate and the test plate uh, is the analogy would be if, if I were to take a hole in an electrical line, okay. it's a, it's a hot wire All right. and I would get shocked. But if I touched you, you get shocked. Okay. Okay. So the test so plate passes through you to me, right? Passes okay. through. Uh, so we passes through the surrogate into the test plate and the electrical test is done on the sample that's sitting there. Okay. So, once we get that electrical data, then we re-infuse it or infuse it into hemp oil. And the patient takes it and then it works at light speed. And that's the cool thing is it's working almost immediately when you give it. Um, we choose three weeks, but every patient's a little bit different depending on what stage in life there is, they're in, but also um, what symptoms they've had and how long they've had them. So, uh, but you can really help to improve the lives of every patient. Um, you know, whether we do 100% cure or whether we help them to live a more healthy quality of type of life, more mm -hmm. functional life is what's most important. So the drops are charged on this little, um, you know, part of the system. So, you know, basically what we do is just take the hair, nail or saliva samples, put them on a test plate. It runs um, through a surrogate who's, you know, like hooked up to it. And then that runs into the computer software program and then that generates the deficits and weaknesses and, and then to balance it, mm -hmm. it runs back to the drops and charges those with an electric charge that's specific to your animal. Right. So when it does that um, and you have that electric charge, you know, again, it's homeopathy. It's a little weird, but <laughs> it's just hard to explain. It's not woo -woo, weird. It is woo-woo. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, homeopathy is a really, really old way of doing things. In a way, I almost feel like the way vaccines are explained, taking some of the vaccine, you know, like if you've got, say, a rabies vaccine, um, and taking just a teeny, 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 teeny bit, and then vaccinating someone against rabies with the rabies is a little sort of bit like homeopathy. Does that make sense? Exactly. So uh, the rabies noso, for example, okay. is, is exactly that. Uh, they've, they've, they've taken the actual rabies itself, the virus, diluted it out so much that the virus is no longer present, but the energy of that virus is there. Okay. So you're treating like for blank. So obviously, if you contracted the full-on rabies virus, that you would succumb to rabies disease. So it's a neuromuscular disease uh, and eventual death. So by giving like for like, if you're going to treat the symptoms of rabies, you have to use the energy of rabies to treat it. So it's mm -hmm. 
treating rabies with rabies, but not the actual strength of the virus itself at full strength. It's extremely diluted out everywhere from 6,000 to up to 30,000 times dilution uh, to get down to these very, very low numbers. So you're just getting energy. Now, it's really hard to understand because we're used to seeing something physical. Mm -hmm. yeah. Seeing is believing, remember? So, but actually, most of the medicine is coming from something we can't see. So how do you tell your body to, uh, how does it know how to digest food? How does it know when to wake up? How does it know how many beats a minute? Mm -hmm. um, this is inborn technology in the body that's already there that we can use. So all we're doing is communicating with it and tapping into it. So what better way to facilitate health uh, and also help the traditional medicine do a better job so you don't have to stay on chronic meds mm -hmm. is tap into the biotechnology in your body to help itself. And what more sustainable way to do that? not uh, going against traditional medicine, it's working with it, synergistic. So you reduce the dependency on uh, Western medicine by using it for shorter periods of time, but it doesn't eliminate it, you know? And, and that's the best way to be healthy long-term, uh, even for economic reasons. All right. Yeah. Dog is, yeah. <laughs> the dog's making a lot of noise. If you hear something, it sounds like a little pig running around in here, it's her. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting, the whole thing. I, the big question, I think, from a lot of people is how fast is this going to work? Because, you know, not, you know, if a dog's having, like, huge symptoms, like itching, scratching, and, uh, like, the owner can't take it anymore. And, you know, it's just a lot to watch your dog be suffering and pain, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. How soon can you expect some kind of change out of a system like that? Well, I really put the, 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 the condition into three levels. So level one is that they're, they're comfortable but showing mild symptoms. Level two is it's moderate symptoms. Mm -hmm. And three is severe, you okay. know, where they, it's really hard to tolerate. Three is a, usually a medical emergency. Or two is that we see them suffering and they're not able to get ahead of it. Where level one is that they're doing a pretty good job of staying ahead of it, but we still see the symptoms. So... Two and three, obviously, we have to treat with Western medicine. There is nothing faster in the world than Western medicine to treat an emergency or treat a disease and get the patient out of pain. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that if we treat longer than two weeks, eventually the imbalance takes over again and that medicine stops working. And so then the frustration is on to the next medicine, on to the next mm -hmm. medicine, on to the next medicine. Or repeating and repeating, repeating, repeating. and getting stuck in the same cycle of... Right. Antibiotics, steroids, antibiotics, steroids, antibiotics, right. steroids. It happens all the time. The vicious but circle and eventually it that's stops. Kind of where, but that's kind of where like the conventional medicine stops in animals and mm -hmm. the holistic medicine then can replace a lot of things or, or even assist the conventional medicine to start right. working. So it's not necessarily a cut off all the conventional medicine situation. It's pairing them together. Right. The first time you cut itches, if they're on a medication like a steroid or antibiotic, make sure you're doing holistic care with it every single time because you're going to improve the odds that that patient's going to cure and, and just make it a seasonal problem or eventually not a problem at all. But don't keep repeating it. Seek out the root cause as well mm -hmm. and work on that. You're going to be much happier. The patient's going to be much more functional. 
and you know, let's face it, um, time, money, and energy. You know, the the patient suffering, you're suffering because you have to take it to the veterinarian all the time. It's expensive. expensive. Um, you feel bad all the time. Right, you feel horrible your for the dog cat. Isn't well. It's not that you wouldn't spend the money, but you feel right. bad for them. And so, what what we have to tap in tap into that technology. Biotechnology mm-hmm. is very very important. It's we have to do it in yeah. order to help these pets and ourselves live a, a very functional, happy life. If you don't have anyone to do it for you, we can do it. Um, we also are going to be providing uh, four group coaching sessions to go along with it because, I mean, it, you know, even as a writer and a journalist for 15 years, it took me a long time to really get this and understand it. So I think for anyone, it's, it's just so different than everything we know in Western medicine and all the things that you are supposed to be doing. And it's, it's um, a real change. So, having to do that, I think the group coaching really helps. So we're going to have four weeks of that available as well, starting soon. And then also, um, you know, just having to be the, someone who's a doctor being able to work with your veterinarian and say, Hey, I think this is what's going on and this is what I would do. Um, so lots of nice things, I think in our SRT program. So if you do need that, uh, you can get in touch with us, uh, at voice America, Dot com or riversideanimalclinic.net. Um, we can do that as well. So, um, yeah, it's just been a really great program. I mean, does it work for every single animal? No. Um, in, in the cases it doesn't work for every single animal, what is that about? Well, there's the, the, the chronicity of the problem. Um, the environment. Yes. Is a big factor. The home environment where your right. the pet lives. It's a big deal. So if there's, you know, say, for example, um, you know, if, if, if you go, say I, I, I play with my son, George, play a hard game of basketball. And then I go to the doctor and say, you know, I'm really sore. Um, okay, here's some medicine. Here's some pain medicine to make that go away. I play hard basketball every single day. Go back to the doctor. This pain medicine isn't helping. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. So... And looking at the environment, what are you doing in the environment? What, what is the pet doing mm-hmm. uh, is very, very important. What is it eating? When does it sleep? When does it go for a walk? Uh, what's the family lifestyle? If, if it's a high energy, stressful environment, mm-hmm. the, pay, the pet's going to mirror that as well. In a lot of cases uh, with allergies, we talked about in earlier programming, is that itching and skin problems can be a neurologic issue too. If they're under stress, they're going to rash. They're going to have a rash or lose it's hair. It's going to come out somehow. Start pulling their hair out and things like that. So it's the interesting part right. of that test. It does show emotions. Um, I had someone call yesterday and say that this test isn't true because it says it's for toes. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> because there are toes on it, so it's like, all right, yeah. your dog has toes. But um, the other thing um, that I think kind of is tough to take for the humans in the test is that it shows like the emotional situation in your home, what's going on in your home mm-hmm. and those kinds of different emotions that will give you the remedies for it. But a lot of people are just straight up denying that, you know, like, I don't have that in my house. It's yeah, like, yeah. But I think people, you know, sometimes don't know, you know, that it does affect their animal. So especially in this time with COVID and everything that's going on. I mean, a lot of people are so stressed out. You're lonely, you're isolated. Um, you know, you can't have Thanksgiving with anybody. 
I mean, so many things have happened this year alone, people losing their jobs and in terrible situations or having to homeschool kids and they're not cut out for it or, you know, they don't, it's just hard, you know, and they, in, in competing for the attention in a home, you know, between right. the dog and, and, um, you know, parents trying to take care of kids that are home all day now and they're trying to work too. And I don't know, it's all just kind of a hard time. So mm-hmm. I expect to see a lot more of this stuff um, happening, you know, in the future. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, one of the other byproducts of COVID is the number of dog bites. Um, the Colorado Children's Hospital says that their number of dog bites has tripled since March, since the stay-at-home order was in place. So that's a lot. I mean, you know, you always see a spike in the spring and summer when people are outside, kids are riding bikes, dogs like to chase that or, you know, herd kids or whatever. And it turns out that it's just in the home itself that has created this serious situation. Dog bites are no joke when it comes to children. And, you know, one of the pieces of advice they said is you got to watch like your kids and supervise them when they're around an animal. You can't just like turn your animal loose with your baby or something or a toddler or even an older kid, uh, even an elementary school age kid. It's not always going to work. No, it's not for sure. Uh, what happens is that uh, it's it, under tension, just more contact time. And let's face it, how, how many times have we stayed home this much in, right. in, in, our, in our lives? Uh, and so the pet's definitely feeling that change, that stress. And so we have to remember that we have to uh, realize that the pet's under, they're, they're going to mirror what, what's mm-hmm. going on in our life. Yeah. So they're going to be frustrated as well. Mm-hmm. And the more contact, the more risk for a bite. Yeah. Seems like a natural thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to kind of watch things. Plus, we have a lot more dogs being adopted into people's homes right now. A lot yeah. of people found this stay-at-home time a really good time to get animals. I mean, what better way to housebreak your dog or to spend as much time as you can with the new puppy is when you're home and you're available to do something like that. So, probably a lot of good housebreaking going on right yeah. now. We won't have as yeah. many problems with that. There are advantages to being yeah. home too. Yeah. Good training and but again, competing, you know, a competing situation, competing for, you know, say, you know, mom and dad are working and the kids are home. They're trying to homeschool and the dog is the only really fun thing in the house for them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and the parents are busy. They're doing other stuff or they're, you know, working and they're trying to take care of everybody at the same time. So yeah, it's just something to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's an animal. Anything can happen. So even the nicest, most loving, sweet animal, we do see that from time to time does, you know, bite or it does lash out or it's just had enough. So kind of need to look at the warning signs of a dog that's just done Um, and and kind of, you know, make some time during the day, maybe just have a doggy break, let some nap time happen, undisturbed, put them in the bedroom, let them go outside um, and definitely take some pretty long walks. That's probably the number one factor in allowing an animal to um, sort of let down and let their natural hormones take place. Mutually beneficial. Yeah. We stress on both sides. Yeah. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the end stages of life and how um, hard those decisions are to make and how we counsel people in making those because 
they bring on so much anxiety and people are so worried about it and it's tough. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Plus, um, a company that is buying into the pet hospice industry. So we'll talk about that coming up as well as um, some of the dangers of something that you're feeding every day or even you're eating every day and how it's throwing your body off or your pet's body off and their complete diet may need to make over because of it. So we'll talk to you about um, essential fatty acids, omega-6s compared to omega-3s and how you're getting this off. It's really through no fault of your own. So we'll um, talk about that coming up in just a couple of minutes here on voiceamerica.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, You'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, there's a huge shift in the end-of-life landscape in veteran, veterinary medicine, and it's called Pet Hospice. Um, Pet Hospice is a California-based end-of-life services company for animals, and it's been bought out by a national chain called Blue Pearl. Um, Blue Pearl has some specialty and emergency pet hospitals um, around the nation, and now they're getting into this pet hospice um, care situation. So this says they're going to offer telehealth, uh, grief counseling, um, and support for families who are at home trying to take care of an animal. I think maybe they're going to be also providing that care as well, like with uh, people 
vets and stuff, techs who will stop by your house and help you if your pet is in a hospice situation. So um, can you define hospice? Well, hospice is defined as the uh, a geriatric condition, which the, uh, the prognosis is not good uh, for a disease. So they've been diagnosed with a serious disease, such as cancer, kidney disease, liver disease, and also uh, severe intestinal disease. Uh, age is not a disease, but oftentimes the patient who is in hospice is an older patient uh, that's been suffering for quite a while. So, sorry. All right, keep going, Jim, because I got to shut off your. Uh... Yeah, I made a funny noise there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's your. Uh... So, in what hospice is then is that we're looking to control pain uh, and suffering for the patient. We're trying to ease that. So the, uh, there, there may be some more functionality to the patient. They may be still eating. They may be still drinking water, going to the bathroom, still able to get out, uh, but just not uh, in the, we know the end is near. We know the condition is going to get worse over time. So the biggest common, I mean, a question that people start worrying about early on, how do I know it's time? When am, how am I going to make this decision? When am I going to make this decision? There's so much anxiety about it. And I've been, I've been there. I've watched, you know, my own dogs <clears throat> and, and you have too, cause you can't do it. It's really hard for you to, you know, keep that situation uh, under control or to even face it. Sometimes um, you watch your own dog lay there for like three months and you're like, okay, I really, I, I mean, I guess it's time, but you, it's just so hard to pull the trigger, know you're doing the right thing. It is. And so many people have this question. So what do you tell people when you want to, you know, when, you, when you're looking at a pet that's, you know, maybe they're still eating, they're still drinking. I mean, but their quality of life really is I'm laying around most of the time or, you know, right now we have in particular a dog who we're all worried about. And we all have a lot of anxiety about mm. um, even the, some of the staff here, so they'll come in the office, they'll see Lily laying here and, and they're like, Oh God, she's died, you know? And, and they'll poke her to make sure that she's still awake and she doesn't move. And then they're like, Oh, it's time. It's happened. It's finally happened. She's 14 years old and she's had a stroke and she's got some, you know, some neurological deficits. And then she wakes up, you know, and then she goes outside and runs around a little, you know, as, as best she can with a big head tilt. And then you're like, okay, so, today isn't the day, but then you're always worried about it. And you are always wondering, am I going to walk in the house and find her or when is the moment or how do I even decide this? It's a, it's a gut wrenching problem because uh, just as you explained, there can be good days and bad days. I often look is that if they have three bad days in a row, they're probably not going to recover. um, And the pet is suffering. If they have, you know, alternating days where they seem to be off and then they bounce back, it means the body's still trying and you can keep going with their standard of care. But first of all, the, the counseling that I talk with clients about is, first of all, you know, explaining the diagnosis and the prognosis and what a hospice care is all about. Uh, second of all, because often we maybe associate hospice with an elderly uh, a person in our life, a relative or a friend or something like that. Um, but it, pets are a little bit different because uh, there's not a standard hospital where they can go for hospice care. So we're often back and forth to the veterinary clinic uh, to receive uh, supplemental uh, treatments. 
But uh, a service such as this, if they were to be able to come to your home, could uh, alleviate a lot of the anxiety related to, well, how am I going to get off work to take care of my pet? Right. Uh, can I be at home to care for them? What happens if something bad goes wrong uh, I'm while gone. I'm not there? Yeah. Yeah. And so all of those things are very valid questions. So we, we discuss those and, and what to expect. Uh, we have to be realistic. You know, we, we all want our pets to live longer, but we have to be realistic. Uh, can I provide the care that's required? If I can't, the, the patient's going to suffer. So often we, uh, we're making a decision if the, if the quality of care can't be maintained. It's not your fault. You know, it's, it's a fact of life. And, and if you can care for them and it seems reasonable, uh, then by all means, um, add those extra days uh, with them. And um, the second is, um, you know, what to look for if it requires euthanasia. So first of all, dogs are instinctual and animals are instinctual in general. So they know when they're hungry, they know when they're thirsty, uh, they should be able to maintain the requirements of the, of the calories, uh, caloric intake, and also the water consumption. So they should be meeting those uh, average daily requirements. Yeah, this is Lily, actually. She's yep. here with us right now. Yeah, and, and Lily girl. has. She's, she's 14 been... years old. Um, she is getting a little bit on the thinner side, so that's kind of something that you know, I think about a little bit um, with her as being you know, kind of a red flag. She still eats, though. Mm-hmm. Um, drinks. She does have the weird head tilt and her eye is kind of getting a little weird. She doesn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. The hearing usually goes and yeah. you know, they're, um, her senses are just so dulled, right? They're going to yeah. act differently. And that's, that's a hard thing for owners to, to, uh, yeah. okay. uh, to, to, uh, understand as well, or to, to, uh, you know, they feel compassion. They wish for the old days, like was, like us all Mm -hmm. when they were vibrant and healthy and running around. Uh, But they're just going through a change. Just like us, as we become more elderly, uh, we'll go through changes too. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means that it's the next stage of their life. That can be a a very good quality of life. Uh, And there's no, what I often tell owners is there's no wrong answer. There's no um, wrong way to do this, but proper communication with the veterinarian, uh, I also have a family conference. The family conferences, you know, uh, what do we all agree would be that time when we're all agreement? Sometimes we have to gather the family. Sometimes people come from a long distance to say goodbye to their loved Yeah, if you, I mean, you uh, can have a sure. euthanasia with 10 or 12 people here. You know, it's just hard with COVID. Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, you know, that's been a really big struggle. But at least we're doing it in-house. A lot of clinics just can't you know afford to take the risk um of opening their clinics so um you know we've been healthy so far so i'm hoping that that works out so you know that's kind of like our take on it everybody's got their own way of thinking about it and we do definitely encourage you guys to get um seek some professional counseling if you can um and if you need to and i mean this is like a real thing and the anxiety i've lived through it so many times with dogs and horses and my cat yeah. cumulus and i mean the horses are hard to watch because it's just such a big animal in a different kind of relationship and you kind of know what's going to happen but you don't know and when and it's a it's like that waiting game it creates so much stress and anxiety and and just you know the anticipation of not knowing so i would highly encourage anyone to talk to someone 
uh, during that time, just to kind of set your head straight because it's, it's hard. It really, really is. All right. So we're going to shift gears a little bit because you think you're doing it all right. Okay. Everybody thinks they're doing it right. And you're not feeding your dog right. You're not eating correctly yourself. This is none of your fault. It's just that no one really talks about all of this very much. So what the problem is, is a struggle between omega-3s and omega-6 fatty acids and the kind of meat you're getting and um, the way it's being delivered to you, okay? So you remember those corn oil commercials with, um, you know, Florence Henderson with the flipped up hair and the Mazzola, this is so great for you and this is awesome because at that time in nutritional studies, everybody thought omega-6s were great for you and so much better than saturated fats for like heart health and all this other stuff. Well, it turns out as nutritional science continues to evolve, they were wrong. And the balance between omega-6s and omega-3s can get really, really off. And part of the reason is that grain-fed diets, so like the Mazzola corn oil is corn, so it's full of omega-6s, grain-fed diets not only are bad for your pets, but if the animal that your pet has consumed in their food was also grain fed, you're going to have a deficit there. So this is like something that it's kind of hard to understand because you think I'm feeding a raw diet. I'm good. You know, everything's good. Everything should be better, but guess what? The raw diet you're feeding is actually a huge issue. So <laughs> you think you're doing it right. And then you find out there's kind of like no time to do it. Right. right. You tried. Okay. So how do you remedy all of this? Well, the, the first thing, like with the, with the proper nutrients, um, for example, if, if, the, if the grass-fed dilemma versus grain-fed, now if the animals have been eating grass, so say beef, for example, grass-fed beef, uh, the correct amount of omega-3 and 6 fatty acids uh, should be about 1 to 4 times omega-6 to 1 omega-3. So what happens is in grass-fed is that omega-6 to 3 ratio is about 2 to 1. So that's ideal. But the, the omega-6 to 3 fatty acid for a grain-fed beef is 9 to 1. So 9 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. So we're going to have an omega-3 shortage. Well, you have to have a balance of omega-6 and 3 fatty acids in order for the skin to work properly in the immune system. Otherwise, you're going to get into inflammatory conditions. So I read human beings evolved on a diet with an omega-6 to 3 fatty acid ratio of approximately 1 to 1. So this could be a problem for a lot of animals that you're seeing coming in. If your animal is having skin, hair, nail issues, omega-3s build up cell walls, and when levels are too low, you can experience dry skin, brittle hair, and thin nails that peel, and we get a lot of dogs that have cracks in their nails or the nail just like basically cracks right off and it's kind of painful actually um this also causes skin rashes and dandruff as well so those omega-3s are you know a pretty easy fix if that's the problem yeah that's and and the the science behind it is in the in some of the difficulty but it, it's an easy fix uh, give the supplemental omega-3s okay but the question is, you know, is the, is the protein that you're feeding, was that grass-fed or not? 
-hmm. or is that naturally fat or low brain fat? So most likely those animals are going to be fed grain mm -hmm. unless you can find one specifically that says grass fed. So you probably always have to Into supplement the grass some fed. trees. You got to watch the grass fed too, because sometimes it'll say grass fed, but then it was actually finished with grain. Right. So to get it really fattened up in the end, right? And right. does that make up. the meat more tender too? It, it does. And so there's a reason for it. And, and but at the same time, uh, if, if the grain was organically raised is better, but we don't often know the source. Um, probably, nature's logic does a good job be. because you can do farm to uh, Zeewee farm does to, that. Or Zeewee. Zeewee. Yeah. Zeewee does that. So they can identify actually what farm all their products came from, they're air dried. So mm. and that is actually a really, really good food. So if this is a concern for you, you may want to consider Zeewee as a pet food product. Right. Because they have a, an excellent tracing system that shows you exactly like what farm this animal came from and what they fed it, and they have a great record keeping system. But so, a couple of other deficits you might find in the omega 3 category fatigue and trouble sleeping. Okay. Um, trouble sleeping at night, it's kind of common actually, and it, it kind of depends on what's going on with the animal. There are um, cases of atypical Cushing's disease, which is something we treat and diagnose here, um, that uh, are, are like a sundowner symptom at night. Um, maybe the dog is licking the floor. It just can't get comfortable. It just can't sleep or it's waking you up two or three times a night uh, to go outside or just to get on your bed or, you know, just kind of basically causing trouble in the house at night. Um, nothing's really wrong. It's just that it's restless. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, somnolence is something that should occur just about the time when you see the sun setting. So you can track that on Weatherbug or, or other apps uh, to know when the sun is going to set. Um, it's a shift in the pituitary uh, sensory circuit to help the body settle down. And when uh, often patients who have uh, uh, atypical Cushing's or um, a Cushing's pattern or even diabetes, can have trouble settling down during that time. So omega-3s are very good for that. Omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, um, melatonin, um, and also lignans uh, mm -hmm. can also be helpful. Uh, a natural uh, fresh food diet is also important for that as well. Omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Um, so when um, you see like joint pain, extra swelling, you just don't feel right, um, you can tell your dog's maybe jumping around a little bit. It may be time for some omega-3s to help reduce the inflammation in the pet's body. Um, again, the allergy symptoms of highs, asthma, eczema are all potentially uh, there due to omega-3s. Mm. And uh, the one that's a little bit weird to me is excessive earwax. Uh, if you're sick of seeing all that gunk in the ears, it's smelly. Things are just kind of gunky and gross. Um, this buildup can lead to hearing loss and in consuming enough omega-3s can help protect hearing. Um, so, you know, hearing uh, in dogs, I mean, the, the earwax and stuff is usually pretty stinky. So something you want to do, get cleaned up and then um, maybe treated. So um, do, do, would that something like that lead to more ear infections? Right, because uh, the ear is naturally self-cleaning, but when something affects that self-cleaning or yeah, due to heavy amount of wax in the ear or uh, the uh, 
the slowing of what they call the epithelial migration uh, due to uh, disease or so that like skin cells coming skin cells coming out of the ear. Yeah, uh, and oil. Uh, oh, okay. Because it, okay. the inside of the ear should be naturally just a, like a light, light sheen of oil. Uh-huh. Uh, and those little cells start from the eardrum and actually take two weeks to migrate from the eardrum to the top of the ear. Okay. Uh, you can't see this happening, but at the same time, it helps to elevate the wax out of the ear or helps the ear to clean. So it's sort of like a, a you know, starting with a new sheet of paper every two weeks. Okay. And so um, if there's inflammation or heavy-duty wax, it's going to take a while for that ear to self-clean. Sometimes it'll shut it down. And, All right. uh, so you can use um, a few different products that we sell here. Um, Grizzly oil is one of them, mm -hmm. providing, and that's a kind of more of a balanced omega-369. We have something like that out there, um, the grizzly oil and krill oil, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then um, we have our own Riverside version of omega-3 fatty acids. Mm -hmm. So it's something to try if your pet is experiencing all those symptoms. And I think maybe something that people maybe think they rush to allergies, they rush to chicken as the protein or any of the other things that they think it could be. Mm -hmm. But maybe we aren't all thinking of one of the most basic things and that could be omega-3s. So as, as an issue. So um I mean, it's definitely something to try. And how long would it take? Like, if you started omega threes and your dog was like itching or something, which Turkey has been scratching through this whole entire show. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Suddenly today, she's decided. Um, so, how long would it take on an omega three to start to see a change if you're going to see one? Well, it, it sometimes as fast as a few days. Okay. Uh, to up to several months, you know, for the, the skin to actually turn over and get rid of some of the dry cells and things like that. But for the most part, we're looking for less than two week response time, um, you know, to, to start to see the pet feel better. It may not be totally resolving, but at the same time, they're getting better. And uh, if not, you know, this is when we're looking at supplementation, often the stages to therapy, uh, you know, first of all, if they were treated and it returned right away after the medicine was stopped. Uh, then it usually means that it's more chronic. So if it lasts longer than two weeks, that second phase is you're employing some holistic therapy uh, to see that in combination with the traditional therapy, can we get them to resolve? But then the third thing is that we start to look at, okay, if, if we're getting into issues, we look at nutrition, we look at the environment. So omega-3 fatty acids, we start to do some additional nutritional testing, things like that to find out, okay, What's the root? Because there's three stages and they sometimes can be uh, very difficult to find, especially if the pets had the problem for several years. Mm -hmm. uh, it can take a while. And if they've been on a lot of medicine, uh, like antibiotics and things like that, we have to retune the, the microbiome. Uh, we have to allow the body to heal itself. Uh, sometimes they're pushing toxins through the skin um, because they're getting rid of junk on the inside that we don't want in there. And so there's a, there's a lot of factors, but uh, the supplements and like omega-3s can ease the body and assist it in getting better. All right. Um, so just a little shout out here. Uh, speaking of microbiome, um, the Morris Animal Foundation has done a bunch of studies. They have um, one uh, called the Golden Retriever Lifetime Study where 3,000 dogs are enrolled. And uh, researchers are currently using data and samples from Golden Retrievers to assess the gut microbiome in healthy weight and obese dogs. 
to determine if the microbiome differs between thin and healthy dogs. This is a uh, platinum scored uh, charity um, from charitynavigator.com. Morris Animal Foundation did receive a 100% score for accountability and transparency. So if you're looking to do any end of your donations, definitely think about the Morris Animal Foundation for that. And some of those studies are actually going to help humans. Mm -hmm. So it's not just uh, the wonderful golden retriever, it's uh, all dogs and probably people as well. So kind of a cool charity. Very, very cool. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.